Welcome to Event Experience by Visibo, the podcast where we bring the best and brightest event experience leaders together to share stories, tips, and lessons learned from creating some of the world's biggest events. I'm Rachel Moore, your podcast host. This week, we grabbed some time with Yvonne McNair, Chief Experience Officer and Founder of Captivate Marketing Group. Yvonne is a two-time Emmy-nominated event producer with an immense love of the music industry. And we discuss her journey in starting her own business, how the year of 2023 impacted events, and her hopes and predictions for the future of the industry. With over 15 years of working on events, Yvonne is a guest who brings true event experience to the podcast. Welcome to Event Experience by Bizabo. We're back with another podcast episode, and we're talking to yet another expert in the events industry. And we're going to run through all kinds of experiences. We're going to talk about our particular experts' takes on what we've seen this year. But today, I am talking to a veteran, all right? So our guest today, she has been the Chief Experience Officer and Founder of Captivate Marketing Group for, I had to do the math, 15 years. And so I am so pleased to welcome Yvonne McNair to the podcast. Yvonne, thank you for joining me over microphones today. No, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. You know, we talk to people of all walks in the event industry. You know, they have all kinds of backgrounds. Um, But 15 years, I have to ask you, that segues into our obvious next question. Can you share with our audience a bit more about you starting this business and your role there? We'd just love to hear the whole lowdown. Absolutely. So I've actually been in the events industry for over 20 years. I hate saying that. It's awesome. It feels so crazy to say, but I've been in the events industry for over 20 years. I actually started working in the music industry and doing PR and quickly realized that that was not for me. You know, you work so hard, you get the interviews and then people don't show up or, you know, all <laughs> kinds of things happen. So, but I love the music industry and really wanted to stay connected. And so I found my path to be concerts. I became a PA and I mean, I did everything I had to do to like learn the concert business and learn how to produce concerts. And from there, you know, I started working at different entertainment agencies and where people kept saying like, do you do this on the side? Do you do this on the side? And also just feeling like when I left corporate, I was a VP, but I just felt like there wasn't anywhere else for me to go. And so decided to take a risk. I tried twice. The first time didn't go so well because I just decided one day that I wasn't being valued and I got up out my cubicle and I just kind of left and I didn't have a solid plan. And so Mm -hmm. I had to go back to corporate America. And um, after that, you know, had a plan. And as people started asking me if I was doing it on the side, I started building clients. And, you know, a lot of my clients, I was taking for little money and just to start building my portfolio and just becoming known in the industry. And so here I am, you know, 15 years later, I guess that I guess it worked the second time. I produce all types of events and I work with, you know, corporations, brands, artists and nonprofit organizations. I don't get out as much these days as I used to, but I'm just think immediately of like a Taylor Swift tour and then all these amazing productions or U2 at the Globe in Las Vegas. If I look at that versus like a three-day trade show or something like that, I do you find that that's a big transition from producing a full concert over to like a more traditional trade show? Is there a lot of difference there? Yeah, there is because, you know, a large production like that, and I do large-scale concerts, not Taylor Swift, but... You know, when you look at those productions, there's a lot of people in the crew that work on those productions. 
And then obviously there are really large audience that are, you know, coming to see those productions and you're moving from town to town where you're not in one venue for a long period mm. of time. So there's a lot that goes into it um, because you have to build the set each time, you know, um, that you move into a different city. So there's a lot that goes into concerts, but I love it because it's very fast paced. And, mm -hmm. you know, I find myself when I'm not like moving in a million directions, I feel um, bored almost like, what am I doing mm. with my life? So I just love all of the components and then seeing the people respond to what's being delivered in the concert and the music space. I think that's an amazing thing that you just shared as well about a first try at kind of having your own business. You did it such in such a smart way to say, you've got a full-time job and on the side and you're building these clients. How difficult was that on a scale of one to 10? Oh God, can I go past 10? Because it was <laughs> extremely difficult because I'm working my regular job. And then, you know, in mm. the evenings, I'm taking calls and meetings and stuff like that. But, you know, my entire life has kind of been made up like that because, you know, I had my son very early. So when I was going to school, I was working and then going to school at night and I got three degrees going to school like that. So for me, you know, sacrifice is not something I'm scared of and not able to do, but I would work my full-time job and then I would, you know, work on events in the evenings. And it just started building actually really quickly. But what I didn't know was how to run a business. I knew how to produce events, right. but I didn't know how to run a business. And I think a lot of times people know that they want to run a business, but don't know the tools to run a business. So I've become yeah. a student, constantly learn new ways to keep scaling my business because, you know, as the world changes, you have to change as well. So Captivate, you've run that business for 15 years. Mm -hmm. I know we're going to talk in a little bit about a single year this year, kind of the things we've seen this year. How has that transitioned events from 15 years ago to now? Obviously improved technology, you know, just systems, you know, it's, so much easier, you know, 15 years ago, we didn't have the social media the way we do. We didn't have, right. you know, all of those tools. I've always been resourceful, but now it's like so many tools that you can find out there and, and so many more companies and vendors that you could work with, you know, than there were mm -hmm. 15 years ago. It's easier. I don't want to say it's easy to run an events business, but it's easier right. because there are so many tools for you. I mean, in yeah. terms of like registration or tickets, you know, in terms of how you track surveys and things like that. It's just so much easier now. And then just from a marketing standpoint, you know, I use social media a lot. You know, I don't do much print. Or 15 yeah. years ago, you know, everything was about printing an invitation and putting it in the mail and stuff like that. And everything is digital now. It's so right. rare when someone wants to print and mail something. I'm like, really? Okay. So it, it just makes it so much easier um, and efficient mm -hmm. with the technology yeah. that has come about in the past 15 years. Well, let's get into... The year of 2023. Mm -hmm. All right. First, I would like to let you talk a little bit about the events you've helped produce this year um, and execute. Uh, and then we can segue more into the entire landscape of events for this particular year. How has 2023 gone for you? Talk to us about your year. Well, 2023 has actually been a very interesting year for me. I think people are a little scared because everyone was talking recessions. I have not seen brands spending as much money as they did in 2022. When we yeah. came back, I feel like 2022, people really were getting back into doing the events and not as worried about COVID and things like that. So I felt that I had bigger budgets last. So it's been a little interesting for me this year where, you know, last year I actually did 150 events in the year, which is actually Whoa. crazy to me. And I felt like I was in the event Olympics because I was just like, this one, this one, this one finished. But I haven't felt that this year. I mean, I've had bigger things, but not as many things. And so I think that brands just kind of pulled back a little bit and they were a little more conservative in their spending for 2023. We've had some really good interviews, too, on the podcast. And not just this year, but you're seeing some real innovative ideas 
of how to create connection when maybe you're not spending the big budget as mm-hmm. much, right? Mm-hmm. Have you seen some of that or even used some of that yourself where it's like, let's be creative with our use of dollars since we don't have as much as we would normally. I mean, that's been a big thing this year is being more creative to get the same impact mm-hmm. and the same engagement with the consumer. So yeah, a lot of that has taken place. This year, there's more of a social media component. Some are still, you know, hybrid where we're not mm-hmm. flying people in, you know, we're recording them in advance and playing them within the, you know, the award show and things like that. So, you know, I've had to be creative after, you know, the pandemic, I was like, I don't want to do anything virtual again, but I still had to do some virtual stuff this year just because, you know, budgets, we weren't spending the same amounts to bring everyone in, you know, for a show or, you know, things like that, just scale down. So I'm hoping yeah. that 2024 people feel more comfortable you know, and are spending the dollars that they used to spend. Because, I mean, as we know, being in the event space, events are, you know, an amazing way to engage with consumers on all different levels. You know, I love events. And so I'm hoping that, you know, brands are feeling better about next year. Well, how did you feel? Let's dive in here too. So events this year, how did you feel like when you were taking in events yourself? What were some of the takeaways? But were there any things on any experiences or activation uh, that really just jumped out to you saying, ooh, or ooh, or anything like that? What are some examples? You know, I've worked on the Grammys and the way that they have transitioned in terms of the audience, you know, some of these award shows, um, yeah. they're doing it very differently. And I don't know if you noticed where they, they used to have just like theater seating for the whole venue. And now they have like little tables in the front cocktail tables where they have, you know, the people that are actually going up on stage, which was basically based on COVID because they were scaling things down um, right. during COVID where they were just having like the important people in the room. So, you know, saw a lot of that this year. And I think that that's going to remain. I don't think that they're going to go back mm-hmm. to the traditional way of just having theater seating. That's interesting, too, that you brought up about the COVID, you know, where the little tables at the Grammys came forward from COVID. Did you feel like COVID was still like a big weighty presence or has it been lessening year to year? Yeah, it's been lessening. I I think it would be so hard for people to go back to like everybody's wearing Mm. masks and, you know, socially distanced because when people were over it, I felt people were just over it and they wanted to be back together and they wanted to be outside. But there are some changes that you still see. We only thought of it one way. And then when COVID hit, we had to think very differently and we had to be more creative. And that's the one thing I will say what the pandemic caused for me in particular is to be more creative and to think so much Mm -hmm. more outside of the box, which I thought I was doing. But it's like, you know, I was doing, you know, virtual concerts where I was shooting in empty venues because it was like I wanted to give people the feel of like what they had before. So where I would have never thought of that before, you know, because I don't know if you remember, everybody started performing on their couch. And it was like, well, that doesn't really feel like a show, you know, so it's like just thinking differently. And so there's so many things that I learned during that time that I'm still using because it really translated very well, which I would have never thought of that, you know, having that moment to, you know, be forced to think differently. That's something that we've kind of um, noticed as well. Some people saying where there's a little bit more forgiveness in even as event designers like yourself are being more creative, maybe the audience got a little more creative in how they're ingesting and participating, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Because that felt so different because there's a different energy when you're just doing an acoustic set on your couch. feels very different when you are able to have your full band, you know, on yeah. a stage. You know, I had to do something with actually Patti LaBelle and it was like her first time in Philadelphia being back on the stage when I produced it. And it was so good. She felt so good because she was like, it almost feels like, you know, before. So it just a different energy. 
And it translated really well for the audience where they became more engaged and excited because they could feel the energy. It's hard to do that when you're just, you know, sitting on the couch. Such a great point. And now you've got my brain kind of going in into high gear here because we're so focused on the audience, right? Mm -hmm. And rightly so. That's who we want to take in the content yes. and the experience. But uh, that it matters as much to your speaker or your performer to have a feeling like, I got the energy and, you know, we're, we're meeting that need as much as we can in with the environment we're given. But it really does matter from, you know, couch to stage. Absolutely. Energy is so important. And if you look at, you know, not to keep talking about award shows, but I love them so much, is how they started <laughs> putting fans up front. Because, you know, at a point it was just like, you know, regular industry people were like, yes, great performance. But fans, you know, are really mm -hmm. giving that energy and it feels so different. So it comes across different when you're watching it on TV. So I do think that there are just, you know, ways that we can change the way we think about things and the way that we present things to our audiences that, you know, get yeah. them more engaged and more, you know, responsive to what we're doing. So as a lover of award shows, do you have a favorite? I do. I'm, I'm going to say it's the Grammys. And I would say it's the Grammys only because they focus on all types of music, not one type of music. And so you're able to see who's at the top of each genre of music. And yeah. so I feel where some people are like, well, I don't like country or I don't like this. But these are people you should know because they're at the top of their game. And so that's why I love it, because I feel like it exposes, you know, anyone who's watching to people who are outside what they would normally see. And, um, you know, I've become fans of people, you know, just by seeing them, you know, when they're on those different shows. If you just stick to one thing where it's one type of music, you know, you're just not exposed to it. So I do I do love um, what the Grammy delivers because, you know, there's all types of music and it's usually the top of the top. Uh, let's get into prediction mode mm -hmm. a little bit. So we're in the latter half of October 2023. What do you think lies ahead for 2024 like realistically, and then what are you hoping for? And we know budget is one of them. <laughs> right. Yes, I'm definitely hoping for budgets. I mean, I think this was an interesting year for a lot of, I don't know if you saw a lot of festivals and concerts that were outdoor were canceled. Um, and it That's had a right. lot of challenges because of weather. So this was a really interesting year. Weather where like in New York, it was like the rainiest season ever. I don't know where you are, but in New York, it was like, they said this was the rainiest year in a hundred years. And so literally wow. every weekend it was raining. So there were so many things that were canceled. So I'm hoping that we mm -hmm. have better weather because I do love, you know, outdoor concerts. I do love outdoor festivals. So I'm hoping that next year, you know, will be better from that perspective. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think that that also, it just brings such a sense of community at those types of events um, that are very different from indoor events. So my mm -hmm. hopes and predictions for next year is one, I'm predicting that people will you know, continue to spend more, you know, next year or, or start spending more next year because they'll feel more comfortable um, yeah. doing so. And I'm just hoping that, you know, we do have more outside um, events um, because I think this was a challenge for so many. Uh, yeah. Of, I think Burning Man had a very unfortunate very situation. Unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's so hard when you work so long and then it's like weather, you know. So I hope right. that, you know, for next year that we'll see better weather. And that, you know, we'll see more, you know, big artists going out on tour next year as well. You know, this was an interesting year, though, because like with Taylor, you had Taylor, you had Beyonce, you had Drake. It kind of actually affected some of the smaller shows because mm. everybody was spending bigger dollars. I don't think any of those three will be on tour next year since this was their touring season. But, you know, we'll be able to see, you know, a lot of artists succeed as well um, through, the, through the season next year. If you could produce a concert for anybody, who would you want to produce their, their concert tour for? Beyonce. 
Great answer. I mean, that that is the answer, is it Absolutely. not? Yes, 100% yeah. Beyonce. Oh, but I would say Beyonce or Taylor um, because Ooh. both of those women broke records this year, um, mm-hmm. changed the economy this year. And, you know, I just think like, for two women who are very different in, you know, their style of music and stuff like that to do what they did this year, I think is amazing. So I'd have to say either one of them would be would be great. I've heard the joke, which maybe it's not a joke. This could be real, that each of those women is their own line item on the GDP. Economy infusion was ridiculous. Absolutely. Right. I think it's true. We're going to segue into some questions that are going to let our audience know a little bit more about you. Okay. Can you name an item that you forgot for a work event that caused some panic? Absolutely. (laughs) Last year, I produced a fashion show outside and it was raining like crazy. And literally like all week, the weather was like beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thursday, it was 100% rain. So I had to load in the night before because we had to tent it, everything. I mean, it was pouring. So the whole day, it was just like rain. I was fighting with the rain. I felt like, you know, the newscaster where they're out in the rain, braving the rain and the weather. It's just, it was just crazy. So there was an awards portion um, during the fashion show. And um, we get to the awards and I realized I left the awards in my car, parked down the street because I didn't want the boxes to get wet and everything like that. And as the person started speaking, I realized it. I got up. And I ran, I ran to my car, ran. I mean, they had started speaking. I run back, I had the award and I just go to the stage and I put my hand out with the award so they could grab the award. And so I ran there, I ran back and I was like, I used to be a runner and I was like, well, I still got it because I got to my car, I'm back before they finished. But I had gotten the awards. I was trying to keep them safe and I completely forgot to pull them out for the show, but. Fortunately, I could still run and I got it. And we were, nobody knew the difference. Impressed. <laughs> so impressed. Also, don't feel bad. I've interviewed at least one other person this year for this podcast uh-huh. who has said that they forgot the award. So it happens. I was like, but how you- could I do that of all things? But <laughs> in my mind, I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want them to get messed up all day. Is there anything that you're listening to, reading or watching right now that you cannot put down? Okay, so I am reading. I am reading a couple of books. I read a couple of books at, at the same time. And I'm a Peloton user. And so I'm um, the latest book by Alex Toussaint, which is really good because he has an incredible story of like always being out kicked out of school. And now he's like the successful, you know, Peloton instructor. Um, so I'm, I'm reading that and I'm actually reading because I'm always trying to learn. And um, this year I've actually produced a few documentaries. And so I want to get more into and get more into it. So I'm reading books on production that I've produced three documentaries and they've all done really well. So I was like, well, imagine if I, you know, really focus in on it. So I can yeah. put it down right now. Which documentaries? Drop some names here. Yeah, right now I have on, it aired on WeTV and as well as All Black, but Michael Bivens, who is in New Edition, um, it's called The Hustle of At 617 Mike Biv. And it aired August 24th and it was number one on all platforms. And um, so it's it's doing very well. Um, it aired on WeTV October 5th. And so um, it's doing really well. So it's it's still streaming right now on all platforms and I'm super excited about it. So I'm excited to, you know, kind of add that to my resume. So it goes back to keep learning. Is there a particular social post or a piece of media or maybe a hot take out there about events that you found interesting lately? Hmm. 
Well, obviously, I follow BizBash, which I'm sure if you don't know BizBash as an event professional, you should. But I always follow I always follow their posts and, you know, get their email newsletter because they have so many amazing tips. And they also, you know, feature so many amazing events. So you're able to, you know, see what other people are doing, your peers. And so that is one that I really pay a lot of attention to is BizBash. Uh, finally, where can our listeners find and follow you online? Absolutely. That is easy. On Instagram, um, I do a lot on Instagram. So it's Yvonne McNair underscore CMG. CMG is uh, the initials for my company. And then on LinkedIn, it's, it's just Yvonne McNair. So on all other platforms, Yvonne McNair. In our Skill Up segment, Yvonne has advice for event profs, which by listening to this podcast, you're doing right this minute. You know, I'm a student of the events industry. You know, I keep learning. I'm not, I don't think I know everything and I keep learning. You know, I take courses all the time. People are like, you're such a nerd. I read a lot, you know, and, and I talk to younger people, you know, to see what's coming out and what people are looking forward to. So I would just say, keep learning. I think that's the best way to skill up is keep learning and not thinking you know everything. Even if you're a veteran in an industry, there's always something you can learn. Thanks again to Yvonne McNair for joining us on Event Experience, and thank you for listening. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love to hear it. Connect with us on social and subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you're listening. Also, don't forget to share the show with your colleagues and friends. You can find transcripts of each episode and key takeaways on visibo.com forward slash podcasts. On behalf of the team, thank you. We'll gather again soon for a new episode of Event Experience.